0: Fanny, I'd like to invite you to just kind of remain in a moment of silence, uh, in memory of those who laid down their life, those brothers and sisters, uh, that we might be free. Just a moment of silence in your own lives and prayer, please. Yes, God, we remember, we give thanks, and we honor those who have gone before us, who paid the price, that we might be free in this land in which we live, but also, God, for those in the faith, uh, those family members and loved ones uh, who stood strong for Jesus, uh, those people in our life that we love deeply, who have now gone to be with you, Uh, we remember them, and we give you thanks for their lives. And all God's people said in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you there. I can't, I'm, I'm believing that you're there, even though I can't see you. I'm trusting uh, that you're there. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to find them. Eventually, we'll get over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to go to Philippians 4 for a minute. We're going to go over in the Psalms for a little bit. But we're in the second week of our message series called uh, Mindset. And we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. I want to begin with the question on this Memorial Day weekend. Here's the question. How many of you admi- admit... Uh, That you make decisions that sometimes just don't make. Any sense at all. Now, I want you to raise your hand, especially if you're there with someone in your house, because they need to know that you know that sometimes they make decisions that don't make sense, because I'm promising you, they know. Uh, They know. And it makes them feel better that you know that they know that you know you get the point, that you make some decisions that just make no sense at all. Uh, Such as, let's say you decide that you're going to eat healthy. Now, that's a good decision to make and uh, you're making progress 3 or 4 days right there then somebody comes and puts a little in my case a little bowl small tiny little bowl of vanilla bluebell ice cream right and you do okay you tuck a take a couple bites and then all of a sudden, the whole carton's gone. And not just is the carton gone, but you got one of those brownies, and you just kind of sop all this leftover over in the carton right till everything is gone. I mean, one minute you're in nutritional heaven, the next minute you're in nutritional hell. Can I get a witness besides anyone besides me that they have that issue making those sort of decisions uh, in their brain? Or let's say you make a decision that you're going to get out of credit card debt, right? You're thinking this COVID-19 thing. I can't go to the store. This is a good time for me to get our finances in order. Our income is now. Hey, let's get out a little credit card debt. Let's do that. And so you make tremendous success. 11, 12, 13, 14 days, maybe even longer than that. And then something breaks in your home. And what you have to do is replace it. So you can't go to the store, so you go online. So you're online looking for the replacement. And they start popping these ads up all in front of you, right, male or female. These ads start coming up and a pair of shoes. You, you know, the pair of shoes, it kind of catches your eye. The, the pair of shoes you don't really need, but it's on half price. I mean, it's half price. And so before you know it, in your cart going out, you have these shoes and three outfits to match. Can I get a witness? One minute you're doing great. The next minute, boop, you're, you're off the radar. Or let's say you make a decision. Uh, that you are not going to overreact anymore, right? Uh, You're not going to get all upset and go on social media and post this and post that and kind of give them what for. And boy, all of a sudden, somebody says something, you read something, and it pushes your button. And you open your big mouth and insert foot, in it in so many different ways, and you want to make it a post It's like two or three or four sections long, right? I mean, defensive becomes very offensive, and you back up and go, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I mean, everybody knows you did it. You know you did it. You know you need to apologize. You need to take it off, but you don't. In fact, so many times, we know we need to take responsibility for something. I messed up. It was my fault. I did it. But we don't. Uh, we, we seem we know what is right, but we do what is easy, right? Why is it that you and I make so many ungodly, unhealthy, irrational decisions? Uh, Dallas and I have three sons. We love them all dearly. I hope to have contact with each of them uh, this, this week. And one of the joys of living in a place where my mom and dad live is that my dad, affectionately uh, known by him as pa, pa, Papa, uh, would sometimes pick the boys up from school. As you parents know, that's a great help when the grandparents live close by to do that sort of thing. And so my dad retired, and so he was doing that. And particularly when Jacob and James, they were just a year and a half apart, uh, they were at the same elementary school, my dad would come and pick them up and what we affectionately in the house know as Big Red. It was his 1977 red pick up truck. Now, I will tell you, the boys were excited whenever they saw Pap online to pick them up, but not so much about the truck. I mean, the truck. I mean, it was just, I mean, my dad, it's a great truck. I love the truck. I have an affection for it. But the boys, I mean, a 1977 Chevy truck, and so my dad being a great papaw, he goes to the store to get some Beanie Babies, and he puts them up there on the dash of that truck. In fact, they're still there some 20 plus years later. If you were to get in my dad's truck, they're still there, petrified by the sun coming through the windshield. And the boys, they would play with those, Jacob and James would play with those Beanie Babies, so much fun. Uh, Beanie Babies don't work so well when you get in middle school. Any middle schoolers kind of give me a high five right there and say that's true Beanie Babies are just not cool? So my dad, he decided to go shop and find find a, a snoo but got it used because he was born in the Depression, right? <laughs> so he, he went and bought it used, a JVC under-dash uh, stereo system. And did I tell you that my dad was a good mechanic? Uh, My dad is really an awesome mechanic. He was in the Korean War diesel mechanic on a destroyer. So he can repair about about anything. But electronics, no, not really in his wheelhouse. But he decided he was going to install it himself. And he worked and worked and worked and worked, and and finally he got it in. So he goes to pick up uh, Jacob and James from middle school, and he's got REO Speedwagon and the police just booming, booming. I mean, that red truck is just bouncing, and the boys, ah, papaw, and they come run and jump in the truck, and they're bouncing around and dancing and singing, they're having a great time, the cool papaw and the cool old big red truck, until all of a sudden they weren't, because it kind of sputtered, and all of a sudden the truck was on the side of the road out of gas. Now, this didn't make sense, because my dad had just filled one of the tanks up. It had two tanks before he went and picked them up, but they're on the side like they have no gas. Now, to make a long story short, uh, we just learned... (laughs) A few days ago, as to what happened, my dad had been driving with one tank for a long time. Here's what happened. Um, when my dad uh, installed that, that, uh, that new school uh, serial system for the boys, uh, he accidentally hooked the power up uh, to the switch, not the original power, the switch that takes the tanks back and forth. So, when he got in and he turned on the stereo system, system, it flipped the switch and kind of locked it into that to the tank that was almost empty. Now, how do I know that? (laughs) Because a few weeks, I'm coming to church to teach here on Sunday morning, 1025, and I wind up stranded on the side of the road, no fuel, same situation, and we had to pull old Big Red off. I mean, it was just deader than a door. And we found out that when my dad was connecting that the wires got crossed why do you and i make so many irrational decisions why do you and i sometimes run out of fuel in our minds mindset Why do we find ourselves stranded on the side of the road because of some irrational decisions that we have made? In your notes, number one, you want to take notes this morning, I make irrational decisions because the wires are crossed in my mind. Now, we're in week two of a message series we're calling Mindset. And last weekend we learned what happens with the thoughts that are operating in our mind. And we learned that our brains are not static, that our brains are these entities, these living, breathing organisms that are always growing and creating. That's how God made your brain. Your brain is like a living computer that is always programming itself. Number two there in your message notes, you want to write this down. The more I think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again. Literally, when you think a thought Your mind is creating, we learned this last weekend, these neural pathways in your brain. And a repeated thought over and over and over again deepens the neural pathway, which makes it easier for you to think that thought again. Now, if you're having good thoughts, that's an amazing thing. But the problem is so many of us, we have some stinking thinking and it's got us stuck. All of your life, the experiences that you have in your life and what you think, the thoughts you have about that experience are reprogramming your brain, neural pathways to believe that that Thought is true. Whether it's true or not, whether it's right or not, your mind begins to believe that it is. So, uh, you have a little bitty baby, right? And you're holding your baby. And the baby looks up at you and says, oh, oh, goo-goo-ga-ga, and the baby smiles. And so you the mom or the dad or the papa, you look down at your child and go, oh, oh," you smile back, goo-goo-goo-goo, smile back. And the kid's going, oh, if I goo-goo and smile and slobber-robber, my mom or dad, my grandparent smiles back, I'm going to do that again. Create a neural pathway, right? Right. Uh, You have this little child, and they get a fork or a knife, and they stick it into an electric socket. And all of a sudden, he goes. Zzz, zzz, it's pop, snap, right. Their hair stands up on end. Their eyes get all big, and their brain creates a neural pathway. Literally, hey, that hurt. I don't think I'll do that again, right? I mean, you got a two-year-old, and they go, "Hey, I want some gummies." Uh, I know that because we have a two-year-old granddaughter, and that's a common ask. Hey, uh, uh, pa- Papa, I want some gummies. No, uh, uh, Papa, I some gummies. no. Uh, uh, Papa, I want some gummies. No, after dinner. Papa, I want some gummies now. No, you can't have any gummies. Papa, I want them right now. <laughs> Lay on the floor, kicking all that sort of stuff. Now, Papa, or you or any parent, if you go and stick some gummies in your mouth just to get them quiet, you know you are. (laughs) You are reinforcing a neural pathway in the brain of that little child that if they want to get what they want, they just throw a fit and they'll get it. And some of you are wondering why your teenagers are spoiled brats. It's because you've been giving them gummies anytime they wanted them their entire life. Now, one of the reasons That you and I have this stinking thinking, all these mindsets, is that we got all this stuff in our head that's been programmed into our brain that's messing us up today. In your notes, number three, I want you to get this. Most of my life battles are within the mind, it's right up here. Uh, Some of you, uh, you're defeated before you ever begin the day. You are. Uh, you, think, you think the battlefield is your marriage. Uh, you're locked into it. Uh, you think the battlefield is what's going on with your kids right now. You think that's the battle. Uh, you think the battle is with your ex-spouse or your in-laws. You think that's the battle. You think the battle is what's going on with COVID-19 and, and the politics. And You think the Democrats are the battle or the Republicans are the battle. Whatever you want, the CDC, you're fighting that battle. And I'm telling you, church, that's not the battle. If that's what you think is the battlefield, you are defeated before you ever get out of bed in the morning. Because the battles of your life are won and lost by what happens up here in the mind or the brain that God has given you. Now this morning, uh, I'm going to be a little more transparent uh, than I was last weekend. Probably a little bit more than some of you are going to be comfortable with. Uh, you don't like to hear, uh, right, that I'm a human being just like you, uh, but, but I am. And I will tell you that uh, some of the greatest uh, seasons, the uh, painful seasons in my life have been when my thoughts have been my number one enemy. Uh, that's been the case uh, this past week. Uh, I'll make sure that I'll, I'll maybe not, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but I can come up here and we have worship, uh, whether it's five times on the weekend or one time right here like we do, we're doing right now. And man, I can be full of faith and strength and listen to the music and everything's great and preach the message and teach, but sometimes the thoughts leading up during the week to this moment and the thoughts leading afterwards are not very inspiring. Uh, They're really not. I'm just telling you the truth. So, uh, this morning, I just kind of want to share with you some of the things that I am learning, some of the things that God uh, is teaching me, uh, hoping that, that it's going to help you a little bit and uh, what's going on in your life. If you have your Bibles, I, w- I want to read right here what we read last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 is a great foundational scripture, uh, beginning at verse 3. We'll put it on the screen. It says, for though we live in the world... Uh, we do not wage war as the world does. Uh, the weapons we fight with, and church, this is part of a problem for so many of us. Uh, we fight with the weapons of the world. <laughs> and boy, that just sucks you into trouble. Uh, we don't fight with the weapons of the world. On the contrary, uh, the weapons we fight with, uh, they, they have divine power. Uh, they have heavenly power. They have supernatural resurrection power. And what do they do? They demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a fortified prison. And the only thing that locks you in is a lie that you have embedded in your brain from your thought life, from your stinking thinking. So what do we do? On the contrary, this divine power, it can demolish strongholds. So we, we demolish, we crush, we take captive every argument, every pretension, every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive uh, some thoughts, uh, a few thoughts. What does it say? It says every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. Now, one of my favorite people in the Scripture, and I hope by now it is yours too, is the Apostle Paul. Uh, because the Apostle Paul, he always had this stinking thinking going on, but the Apostle Paul fought to be mentally healthy. He to have a strong mindset. In fact, over in Philippians chapter 4, uh, the Apostle Paul is in prison. He's in Rome. He wanted to go to Rome uh, to preach. Well, he's in Rome, but he's not preaching. He's in prison. I think this is amazing. He was in prison, but his mind was free. Uh, He was in prison... But his mind was free because of the mindset that he had. And I look at what it says in verse 4. We've talked about this verse so many times in the past year and a half. Here it comes, verse 8. Finally, brothers, finally. In other words, one last thing. Of everything I've said, one last thing. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, or whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, here it comes, think, think, have faith thoughts about these things in fact i love the the way the new living translation puts it it says fix your thoughts on these things on say say fix your thoughts with it ready one two three fix your thoughts look what it says again right there in the scripture it doesn't say listen look notice what it doesn't say he didn't say oh god listen guys i'm in prison all my life is so hard Oh, I'm feeling so bad. They have beat me. Uh, they, have, they have kind of flogged me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. I'm hungry. I, oh, I don't know if I can handle it. I'm in this prison. When am I ever going to get a, Oh No, 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 no. Pray for me. I'm, no. What does he say? I'm going to look at it again. He said, brothers and sisters, finally, one more thing. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, even if you're in a prison of somebody else's making, fix your thoughts. Think about these things. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Be renewed. Now, I love the way the New King James finishes out this verse. It says, uh, whatever it is if it's virtuous or if it's proseworthy, he says, meditate, say meditate, meditate about such things. Now, some of you are, are kind of confused about that word meditate. Well, it's in the Scripture. Let me show you over here. I'm going to go to the Psalms. Go to Psalms 119. We'll put it on the screen here to help you out. If, if you don't know how to find it, I'm moving pretty quick this morning. I say look at verse, uh, verse 19, chapter 119, verses 15 and 16, Psalms. It says, God, I meditate, say meditate, meditate, I meditate on your precepts, and I consider your ways. Oh, Lord, I delight in your decrees. I will not not neglect your word. God, I'm focused on your word. I'm focused, God, on what you do, how you do it, when you do it, what you have done, uh, your truth, your grace, your presence. God, man, I am meditating, focused upon you. Uh, Psalm 143, verse 5. Uh, It says this, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I meditate. I meditate. Now here, here's what I would like to do here. Uh, I want to spend the. Re- i want to give you a definition of meditation here in a moment. But we're going to do a little brain, tra- a little mindset training here uh, for for the rest of this time right here. So uh, let me let me let me talk about training your mind. What it means to train your mind. Uh training your mind. We're going to do a basic training here. Training your mind. It's kind of like training your body. This message in the next one. I'm not sure when we're going to do the next one. If not next weekend or the next weekend. Training your mind, meditate is like training your body. Uh, when, when I, when I, if I want to train, train my legs, okay, I'm going to do some sort of squat. I'm going to do a back squat. I'm going to do an overhead squat. I'm going to do a front squat, and I'm going to focus the training on that. If I'm going to train my mind, if I'm going to work on the meditate training my mind, I, I, I am going to capture I'm going to capture thoughts. I'm going to capture them. And I'm going to put those thoughts in a bucket where they need to be, either truth or a lie. I'm going to capture them. And so it's the same thing. Uh, Several years ago, I had some stinking thinking about uh, my workouts. And I thought that if I just went to the gym and I just trained my business, worked through some weight around, I was getting physically fit. And I found out that was thinking, thinking that was not gonna, that's not true. And I learned there are two things that have to happen if I'm really gonna get trained my body and make my body be physically fit. Uh, Number one is I gotta realize that I gotta have focus. Focused, intense training. Uh, Levi, member, I'm expecting a little bit of a commission here. Focused, uh, intense training in 10 specific areas of my life. All CrossFit affiliates, I'm expecting a kickback from you too because you know there's 10 areas of the body that you got to focus on to really be fit. So that's the first thing I learned. I'm not going to talk about the 10 areas, but there's 10 areas you got to focus intensely on. Uh, secondly, I don't care how hard, how hard, I exercise my body that it's what I put into my body that really matters I can sabotage I can counter all the hard work that I do on my it's not just what I do with it it's what I put into it your mind it's not just what you do with your mind it's what you put into it that really matters Uh, Scientifically, you know, what we're talking about with your mind, we're talking about capturing thoughts and creating neural pathways, right? Uh, From a spiritual standpoint, we're talking about kind of capturing thoughts, breaking the strongholds, and focusing on God's grace and truth. So right there in your notes, um, here's the first letter A on this train. I'm going to take you to some training on what it means to train yourself is that you meditate on God's truth—that's the first thing I want you to do. I want to take you to train some things that I do. I want you to meditate on God's truth, and you're going really, Pastor. Uh, God's grace truth. Uh, are you going New Age on us? Or are you going to go home, 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 home? Is that what you're doing, Pat? One with the world? No, that, that's not meditation. Here's what meditation is. Look right there in your notes. Meditation is to engage in mental exercise. It is to focus one's thoughts focus one's thoughts it's what we just did in the scripture okay scripture i'm going to meditate god on your ways i'm going to fix my thoughts on your truth what you say what you have done what you're doing and i'm going to focus my mind my thoughts on that now again when we do that scientifically okay eastern meditation is emptying my mind Christian meditation is filling my mind with God's grace truth. It's filling my mind with what God says is true. Physically, I'm training my body, right? Spiritually, I'm doing the same thing with my mind. So it has a mindset that can do what God needs and has called me to do. Now, I have found... Uh, For those of you who like to work, I know we got a lot of folks here in the church who are doing their workouts right now. I have found that meditation, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, uh, meditation translates over into my workouts. Uh, It just really helped me. Uh, Years ago, I found myself going to do a a competition. I knew it was coming up, and I knew double-unders were going to be in there. Now, double-unders, for those that are CrossFitters, you know what I'm talking about. Double-unders is when you're jumping a rope, and you jump, and the rope passes underneath you two times. And I will tell you, that was difficult for me. I, I really ch- I kept on catching my feet. And I had to train my brain. I had to retrain my brain so my feet and my hands would have enough motion for the rope to go around twice in one movement. And I really struggled with it. Now, finally, I got to where I could do about, about 50, sometimes 60. But I, when I got to 50, I would start thinking, oh, I'm going to mess up. And I kept on tripping. So I tried to do something. I decided that I was going to meditate on God's Word while, get this, while I was working out. And so I would, get, I would breathe, I would kind of get my mind right, and I would jump in, and I would start doing my, my double-unders, and all of a sudden the body kicked in, and man, I was just clicking through. I mean, whoo, I just kept on growing and growing. And my goal was to get to 100, to do 100 unbroken double-unders. And so uh, I was going to compete in this competition, and they had all these different workouts. And the first workout, I think it was maybe the second workout, do 100 double-unders, then go do 100 wall balls. And I thought, oh, great. My mind started going, oh, my gosh, you're, you're terrible at this thing. But I said, no. I stopped. I focused myself in my mind. I said, no. My mind and my body can work together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not even going to count. I'm going to let somebody else count. I'm just going to jump. I'm not going to count. I'm just going to jump. And so I just got in that zone, breathe, and I started and I jumped. It's unbelievable what happened. I blew right past 100. The person who was counting had to stick their hand in there to stop me. You got to go to the wall and do the wall balls. What happened? What happened? Because of the meditation, I can do all things through Christ. I just kind of relaxed and thought about that. And here's what I realized the mind limits so many things what the body can do. The mind will quit before the body does. And it got me asking. Uh, how many things has my limited mind kept me from doing what God called and wanted me to do and to be? The limited of the mind. So you got to train your mind by meditating on God's grace truth for you. Now here's one of the ways that I do this, okay? And what we're talking about here this morning is deepening your chair time. If you go here, call Pathway your church home, or you've been around here for very long, you know we say you be in the Word every morning for 15 minutes. So here's one of the things that I do, okay? Here's one of the things that I do now. If I'm kind of deepening my chair time, here's what I ask you to do. I'll sit down in my chair, and I have my Bible, and I will do my, my, uh, my life step. And sometimes, when I first started this, I would set my phone to five minutes. And some of you might need to do that. Set a timer. You need the discipline of the phone. I would set my phone for five minutes, and I would read the Scripture, and I would find a particular word, like this morning, right? Well, seek first the kingdom of God. Right? And His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So I did that, and I just focused on what one word or phrase that pops out of me, and I focus on it, and I just focus on it, and I focus on it. And I just, okay, seek him first, seek him first, seek him first see and i for five minutes i just stay right there and then i open up my journal right and then i just write down everything that i can sometimes i put my time right i'll just write down everything with those, with those thoughts that come into my mind what does it mean to seek god first to seek him first he's going to add all these things what does that mean for me now let's take a little bit deeper here's another thing that i do i don't think i've ever shared this with you before uh it might have been a while ago is that sometimes then i'll stop and i'll get very still and quiet i'll close my eyes And I'll breathe in, like breathing the Holy Spirit, and I will say, Holy Spirit, give me a name. And then I'll breathe out, and I'll just speak any name that comes to me, and then I'll write that name down in my journal. And then I'll breathe in again. I'll do this about three to five minutes. I'll just breathe in a name. I'll just breathe in the Holy Spirit. And when I breathe out, I'll say whatever name comes to mind, and I'll write that name down in my journal, and I'm focusing there. And then after that, I'll set my full phone for a couple of minutes. If I'm if I'm bad about remembering catching the time, and I gotta get out of there, and I'll write down a one word or one thought prayer for every person that God has brought into my life. Right now, why am I doing that? I'm focusing and training my mind not to just be focused on me, but to be focused on God and what God wants to say to me and what God wants to do in other people's lives, church. I, I, And then, and then, what I'll do many times, I'll write out a deeper prayer. That just kind of sets me up to write out a prayer, and I'll just write it out. Now, why do I write out my prayers? I've told you this before, because I can be an ADD prayer. I mean, I can sit down to have my chair time with God, right? I'm going to train my mind and be focused in on God, God's spirit. And um, I'm doing, God, you're great. God, you're awesome. I love you. God, I thank you for all you have done. Oh, my goodness. I forgot to take out the trash. Dallas asked me to do this. She told me to do Oh, my gosh. I forgot. I got to call him. I got to text him. Squirrel, anybody like me, 37 seconds in, and I'm all over the place. So I have learned <laughs> that if I'm focused and have some sort of training, discipline, it just takes me to a deeper place. In fact, this last Thursday, I did even something different. I went for, I ran uh, three 800s. I would run early in the morning, got up, had my scripture time, then I got dressed and I ran 400 meters out away from the house and ran 400 meters back. Had about a two minute break and then sprinted again. But here's what I did on my run away, I picked a house. And I, just, and I just prayed for that house for all 400 meters. I know the people in that household. I would speak their name, God's blessing upon them. And then when I came back, I picked another house and focused upon that household, on those kids, upon their marriage, upon their household, upon their, their parents. And, just, and then I did the same thing back and forth. What am I doing, church? I am training my brain to not just focus upon me, but what God wants to do through me and the lives of the people, focusing on God's grace and truth. You gotta be intentional. Now, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because your life is heading in the direction of your strongest thoughts. They just are. Oh, whatever thought comes into your mind is gonna come out of your life. It just is. You cannot have a positive life if you've got a negative mindset. You just can't. Uh, your thoughts matter. Your thoughts are shaping your life. You, if you can't control what you think, you can't control what you do. You've got to train the mind to meditate on God's grace truth, on his truth that's filled with his grace. You've got to do it. So that's the very first thing. Okay, and I just kind of throw that out there with you. Do it if you want to. Here's the second thing in the basic training I want to share with you this morning. Uh, the second thing, I want you to name the, promises, the, 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 the primary stronghold that's holding you back. Name the primary stronghold that is holding you back. Now, I know last week we've already talked about this, so why am I bringing it up again? Because in training, you do the same thing over and over and over and over again to create the neural pathway. Discipline is this focus intensity in the same direction over a long time period of time so you've got to continually to name and grab that story why, why, why do we do that because the mind is always wandering and it wanders to the lie it wanders to what not is true right hey I'm not good enough I'm not good enough uh, I'll never be good enough. Uh, I, I don't. I don't measure. You, you don't measure up, right? Uh, you gotta try harder. You just gotta try harder. Uh, you're you're never gonna be okay with that. You're never gonna be okay with this. You're never gonna have a relationship. You're never. God can never use you. You gotta name that stronghold, whatever it is. That's the world that lie in your brain, and you gotta name it. You gotta name it continually over and over and over again. And then secondly, uh, you're going to name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. you got to name that truth. Hey, I am not who the world says that I am. I am not what I buy. I am not what I have. I am not a prisoner of my addiction. I have the power of Christ in me. I am not a victim. I am overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. My God is for me. My God is not against me. My God is a great provider. He will provide for me all I need, even in this COVID-19 pandemic. God is going to bless me, and I will be a blessing for others. Church, you got to name the stronghold. you got to name it. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. Let me say that again. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. you got to name the stronghold, and you got to name the grace truth, God's truth, soaked in grace that demolishes that stronghold. And there's the last thing I want you to ask you to do. Letter D there. I want you to write it. I want you to write, think, confess, and believe God's truth. I want you to write think confess and believe God's truth some of you have bought into a lie you bought into a lie and there 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 are, there are so many of them i'm asking you to recreate these new neural pathways within your brain, this repetitive way, scientifically, it's new pathways from a spiritual standpoint. You are renewing your mind with God's grace truth. You're going to write it. You're going to think it. You're going to confess it, right? And then you are going to believe it. You're going to. Uh, some of you have bought into the life, So many lies. You bought into the lie. Um, that you're always going to be overweight. Hey, you're always going to be overweight. Always. Hey, your family was overweight. I don't care what you do. You're going to be stuck in that situation again. Uh, You're never going to be healthy. No, my identity is in who Christ says that I am. That is not true. Hey, you're always going to be financially in debt. Uh, Why why even bother trying to take care of that, right? Right. Uh, you're all your family. Uh, your parents were in debt. Your grandparents were in debt. You're just a, you're just 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 accept that is your prison to live in for your. No, He will provide everything. I seek Him first, and all these things will provide it for me. Write it, uh, think it, confess it, believe it. Right. Some of you bought into the life that you can never be in a good marriage. Oh, I, I'm just going to screw up every marriage, right? I mean, there is nothing I can ever do, right? There's nobody for me. I will never get out of this thinking, thinking of this dysfunctional history of going from this relationship to the No, he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you. And someone's going to love you like they love themselves. God, that is God's truth. Uh, some of you are warriors, I mean, some of you, just wake up in the middle of the night and you worry. You worry, you worry, you worry, you worry. What are you going to do? You're going to stop, and you're going to get up, and you're going to write it, and you're going to think it, and you're going to confess it until you believe it. No, I'm not going to worry. The peace of Christ dwells in me. Uh, it, it, it dwells in my heart and rules in my mind. Some of you are anxious. I mean, you're just always anxious, right? you just always, I mean, you're just so fretting. Oh, my gosh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. The world's going to, you know, the glass is always half empty, right? They're all anxious. No, you're going to stop. You're going to get up from bed. Uh, you're going to write it. Uh, you're going to think it. You're going to confess it until you believe it. No, I'm not going to be anxious. God cares for me, I will cast all my cares on him, and then go back to sleep. Some of you have no confidence. Uh, You say, gosh, I'm just not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'll never measure up. I don't have what it takes. No, no. I'm going to write it. I'm going to think it. I'm going to confess it. Until I believe it. The power of Christ dwells in me. I am who Christ says that I am. I am an overcomer. There is no strong in my life that the power of Christ cannot break. Uh, Some of you, you think, man, I just don't know how to make decisions. I can't make a decision. Oh, if I do this, I'll be wrong. If I do this, I'll be wrong. If I do this, no. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He's ordering my steps. I. He. He has known my future plans, not to harm me, uh, plans not to hurt, but to prosper, to give me hope in a future. I know that's who He is. You got to write it. You got to think it. You got to confess it. Until you believe it, and if you keep doing that. You're going to feel foolish at first. I'm saying you say it out loud. Yeah, you say it out loud. You go, man, that's crazy. Well, maybe. But I will tell you, some of what you're doing is crazy. So try it. And you might be surprised at what will happen. Uh, You're going to come to a point where all of a sudden the wires will uncross. And you're going to react. Instead of reacting to the lies, you're going to respond to God's grace truth is what you're going to do. So here's how it will be. Uh, I had my first experience of taking Spanish I think when I was in Palmer, Texas, so that's the second grade, I guess it is, and I took it again in the eighth grade, ninth grade, and tenth grade, and I will tell you, I was terrible at Spanish, I still am terrible to this day, at that time, all I did was take the test, right, I could hear, understand, take the test, but really, it never spoke, it got good at it, until in my middle of my my high school year, we went to Mexico Warriors, New Mexico. Um, Juarez, Mexico for a mission trip and there for two weeks and the pastor knows people all they do is speak Spanish and that was terrible the pastor would speak in Spanish and I thought gosh I know Spanish I would hear it in Spanish and, and, and then I would have to tra- I would hear it in Spanish and I would try to translate it in my mind into English and then I would somehow have to speak it in English and then try to translate it in Spanish and it was ugly have you ever tried to talk to somebody in their, in their language and it just you just carved it up and so that was me Until we got to the very last day, and something happened Uh, about two weeks, right, right before we left. All of a sudden, he's the pastor speaking in Spanish, and all of a sudden, something clicked in. I heard him in Spanish. I thought it in Spanish. And when it came out of my mouth, I was thinking and talking in Spanish. All of a sudden, the wires were uncrossed. It kicked in, and I was able to communicate the truth in a way he could understand, and I could understand, and it was amazing. And church, I am telling you, if you were consistent in the same direction for a long period of time and meditating, training your brain, one day the wires will uncross. When you least expect it, you'll be healthy. And instead of reacting to the lies, you'll respond in God's truth. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something here uh, this morning, and it's a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to stand if you can, because I know some of you have been talking about you've been having a hard time engaging in the music. And I want you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand. You may have kids that may be difficult. Uh, Maybe you can't stand because of health. That's okay. But if you can, i I want to invite you to stand. And um, I'm going to get kind of vulnerable here with you and transparent and share with you, me, and what I do to help me, and maybe you will think about doing this. Uh, because I have some lies uh, that are in my brain that I fight. This past Sunday, uh, I kind of had a mental meltdown, and that's a little bit <laughs> an exaggeration, but uh, you saw me up here with my notes on my script last weekend. I don't normally do that. It's because it's like in my mind, everything I prepared for had been erased. It was gone. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember anything. And boy, I cannot tell you how that felt, and all of a sudden the lies start kicking in. So all week long, I've been battling it. and uh, I'm going to tell you some of the lies that I I deal with. This is not for your sympathy. This is not for your text or your emails. I'm not asking you for encourage me, okay? I'm just sharing this with you so you don't feel as bad about yourself, that you're not alone, and there's people all around you that have this stinking thinking that creeps in. And here's some of mine, okay? Uh, Mine is, from my childhood, uh, not because of my parents, because of me, I bought into the lie that I'd never be good enough. I always have to work harder I have to push myself uh, You're never going to measure up or fit the standard or expectations for your life uh, I, I deal with this, this sort of concept That uh, I struggle with putting God first uh, Because sometimes I can get caught up In making everybody else happy And I will tell you When you try to make everybody else happy And not to please put God first You start working so hard to make everybody else happy, and sometimes that means I just work more. And when I work more, I neglect my wife. Uh, I just pour myself in my work to push through, to make it right, to fix things, right? Just like I've been doing this COVID-19 thing. I carry this weight of trying to speak God's truth every Sunday. And I get this lie if there's nobody on the other side of that camera you're in an empty room, there's nobody there because they really don't care right, because the messages really kind of stink really to tell you the truth and, uh, they're never really I mean, why, why are you working so hard on it uh, they're going to forget it tomorrow it's not going to matter I mean all that stuff and I just carry that weight of communicating the message to a people who don't even believe in God it's a weight I carry every day again, not for empathy I just want you to know the truth lies I fight with, it'll never be good enough. Speaking about weight, I mean, what a blessing. It is a blessing to be the senior pastor of this church. You have no idea how much I love what I get to do. But if you don't feel like you're good enough or ever going to measure up, you go, ah, why me? Right. And I just battle with that. And the weight of making the right decisions, right? Hey, li- hey, listen, if you get everybody back to weekend worship too quick, Everybody's gonna be mad. Some folks will be mad. They're not gonna come back. If you wait too long They're gonna be mad. They're not gonna come back and you just feel the weight of that right decision-making and I I could go on and on This so this week I had this battle and so I wrote a declaration down And uh, This is a declaration that I wrote about myself I would encourage you to write one for yourself And here's how it goes Been reading this every morning this week God's truth. Uh, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to glorify Jesus. I love my wife. I will lay down my life to serve her. I will love my sons and their families in such a way that they will learn to love God and make a difference in this world by how they live their lives and how they love others. I love people. Especially people far from God. I believe the best about other people. I am disciplined because I have the power of Christ in me. And his power is stronger than the desires and the thoughts and the temptations in me. I'm falling more in love with Jesus every day. Um, Because of Christ, uh, my family is growing closer. Uh, My faith is growing stronger. Uh, My love for his church is growing deeper. Uh, My leadership is getting sharper because of what Jesus is doing in me. I am made in the image of God. I'm going to be creative. I'm innovative. I'm still growing. I'm learning. I'm still becoming because the creative spirit of Christ still lives in me. God's not done with me yet. I develop leaders uh, of the next generation to carry on the church in the future after I'm dead and gone. That's not what I do. That's who I am. Pain is my friend. I rejoice in suffering because Jesus suffered for me. I will not run from it. I bring my best always and then some. And it's what I do after I bring my best that will make the biggest difference. The world, my family, and my community, my friends, my church, my family will be different. It will be better because I serve Jesus today. That's how I'm training my brain, that's I'm training my mind. That's why? because my life your life is heading in the direction of your strongest thoughts the thoughts that go into your mind will come out of your life your thoughts are shaping your life are you being shaped by the lies or by the truth of God's word now church there's some of you who have bought into a life that stinking thinking that God doesn't love you from the pit of hell, that you've done something so bad that God could never use you, that you would never be welcome in the church, it's a lie, God is love, that is truth, that's who God is, and God loves you, God loves you, who is Jesus, Jesus, God's son, Perfect sinless Jesus, who died upon the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, and God raised him from the dead on the third day. Why? So that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord with their mind and their heart might be saved. You anyone here this morning, or wherever you live, or maybe you're watching this stream later on, for the very first time, or maybe for the second time, or you're coming back, you're getting your stinking thinking and heart right, you want to receive God's grace and love, just let us know right there in the comments, man, I'm ready to take my next step, I want to go to a baptism class, we have one right after this, you can go to a Pathfinders next month, just, I'm ready to take my next step in my relationship with Jesus to get my stinking thinking and my stinking life back from the grace and truth path that God has for me in my head and in my heart. Now here's what I want to do. Here's how we're going to wind up before we we sing a little bit more of God turned graves into gardens. And some of you here are going to, I just want you to stand there and open your hands up like this. I want you to receive. I'm going to make some declarations of what the Bible says about you. I've written them down here to help you. If you want to write what I'm down, you can. If you want to me, email me and I'll send it to you. Some of you, if you're crazy, you might want to stand and raise your hands and lift them up to the heavens, okay? But here's God's grace and truth for you. Listen. You are strong and you are mighty in Christ. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in you. You are a bright light in a COVID-19 dark world. You are not your past You are not what you did. You are not who they think you are. You are who God says you are. And God says you're forgiven. God says you're free. That your mind is no longer held hostage by stinking thinking. The weapons you fight with, they are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power. The power of the resurrected Jesus living in you. You have the mind of Christ to direct your thoughts. No more stinking thinking. You have the word of God ordering your steps. Worry is not your friend. You have the peace of God that passes all understanding in your mind and in your heart have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, a spirit of discipline, a sound mind within your spirit. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You will not be a slave, held hostage to your fear. You are not a prisoner of your addiction. You are who Christ says you are you are set free from the darkness you are living in the kingdom of God you are empowered you are called you are chosen you are the masterpiece of God your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times you will have all that you need in Christ Jesus our Lord your God is for you not against you your God is with you nothing Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not your sin, not COVID-19, not your in-laws, not your outlaws, not your divorce, not your unemployment, nothing, not even death, nothing can separate you from Christ Jesus our Lord. Because he has turned your grave in the gardens. He has turned your grave in the gardens. The battle rages on, but you have won the war. The battle rages on, but you have won the war. He
1: turns your grave in the gardens. praise for that. And we invite you this week as you go into your week to remember that we are who God says we are. And he is for us. Nothing can be against us and nothing can separate us from his love. Amen. 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 Have a great week. We'll see you soon.